Hey now, welcome to new that Kev One Show by the Skin of Our Teeth special. <laughs> it is a health special dedicated to a lot of things. Um, uh, Patreon providers, you are very loved, and a lot of you guys had health questions, just different health questions, health topics, near-death experiences. So I figured, you know what? Today's a historic day. Um, I've had a huge dental journey that isn't over yet, but hopefully today it climaxes because today I'm getting two dental implants put in, fractured one molar, major molar needed for chewing, fellas and gals, <laughs> um, and then overcompensating on the other side, it fractured the other side. So I needed two, very expensive. I agreed to the expensive one for the first one because they're like, older people might get a bridge in this situation, but you're young. We'll get You should get a bovine implant, which is made from cow, believe it or not. So it's a real regrowing tooth. They kept selling me on it, <laughs> listing different movie stars that actually looked up like, oh, I guess they're right, but even still, it's not necessarily a must-do. But they're like, like George Clooney. I kept saying, they kept saying that over and over, so I told them. My bio mom about that because she loves George Clooney, but um, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. So, yeah, um, I'm sure a lot of you guys have dental woes here and there, but man, I'm here. Um, you'll be able to tell if you watch this um, on our YouTube companion show. I'm in the haunted house right now. There's haunted dolls behind me. <laughs> Side note on that, and if you watch other episodes, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about there. But that's maybe a different story. Catch up later, guys, <laughs> for that. But um. Yeah, I'm headed to my dental appointment, but man, before I go, because I'm running a little late, and I don't want to like it, it this, uh, you know, put them at a, a loss or annoy them. But uh, I'm dropping a lot of money on this uh, dental, man, dental care, and please send in more of your, um, I was gonna say letters, more of your texts, more of your comments on Patreon. Um, but man, the dental industry, oof, 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 what is going on with it? Um, really quick nightmare tale before the commercial break, and after the commercial break, I'll have a dental report where I better have both my implants put in, or it's going to be another tale. But um, before this next commercial break, let me tell you, wow, maybe some of you guys can relate to this, but cracked molar, needing dental implant, decided, okay, I'll go that route. I won't have it pulled. I'm not going to lose teeth. You know what I mean? Um, and going that a very expensive route. So I'm, um, all right, all right. Um, they put the stud in and everything like that so I can chew on it, but be very careful. No sucking candies, no straws. Um, don't want to pull out their work. No no lozenges if you have a sore throat. That's an old actor's trick. Uh, I do where if you're on set, you know, and lozenge you know, lubricates the throat so you're not drinking all the time you need to pee. <laughs> Stuff like that um, when you're on set for long times, long days, 16-hour days, et cetera. But, man, okay, so this nightmare, ready for this jazz. Um, I'm not sure what hall. This has been going on for so long, this multi-year journey, but it was right before a holiday weekend, and I have uh, Fridays and Saturdays off for my day gig, so I think it was a Thursday. Or maybe it was Friday at this point, but driving to Costco, ooh, she, she, feeling good about myself, you know. <laughs> you might be a starving artist, but you got a Costco card still. Going to Costco, fancy, or get something to eat with one side of my mouth, you know, and whatever else I'm going to buy there. Um, driving down the freeway eating a chewy, healthy, keto-friendly bar, health bar, and you feel all this, like, muted crunch. You feel it in your mouth, you know? And it's like, oh, my God, what's wrong? You pull over. Pull out part of the crown. That was on the other side. Um, the temporary, whatever. Um, has a little metal pole in it. And like, oh, my God. You know, they didn't snap or anything. And pull out my phone to call the dentist. It's 
see what what's up what can we do getting going there for an emergency sesh t- tomorrow or maybe today but it was a little past the time it was close to five so i was like okay okay i know the final bill seemed maybe maybe you know um but of course the smartphones oh the wonders of technology or the bane of humanity <laughs> i pull it out di- type in the name of the uh i won't um I want to promote them right now, yeah, but uh, the dental office. And before I can even click on call, I see in red fucking letters. Sorry for cussing people. Red effing, I'm sorry, red fucking letters. I see closed. Not only that, open Monday. Or no, no, closed. Open Tuesday. They were closed on whatever the holiday was, 4th of July or Labor Day, wherever it was that was coming up. I'm like, what? Like, you guys, this isn't like a Hallmark store. This isn't a... A hot topic in the mall. This isn't a mom and pop little bookstore. You're not selling used coins or collectibles. What? It's medical. It's like, oh, I guess I'll just die because I need help on this one side of my face that I'm chewing with. So four days, no dentist open? Really? 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 To quote Ms. Mizanin. Really? Anyway. Um, So there was that freaking nightmare. So I literally was living on protein shakes and um, this protein water drink. So I was like, wow, I I really don't need to go to Costco for jack shit or be depressed looking at stuff I would buy, crunchy, chewy, anything. Wow. Anyway, so back and forth, back and forth. Currently, two, I'm not a dentist, I didn't super study it, but uh, uh, for lack of a better term, metal studs on upper and lower on opposite sides of my mouth um, that you can chew on carefully, but you got to get kind of used to it because like where there'd be like a full-on tooth there, there's like, you know, partial buildup, you know. So it's like I, I swore off uh, pizza, keto pizza, mighty. <laughs> like right after this, because like, ah, it was the weirdest thing chewing and like those teeth just not meeting where they did like, you know, the time before. Like, ah, this is weird, you know. So, um, yeah. But headed to the dentist now to drop too much money. I might take a picture of the receipt, be like a baller that I dropped that much money <laughs> in one sesh. Um, but yeah, man, send in your, your experiences, your Dr. Giggles dentist horror stories um and we'll be right back with the dental report right after this message what's better than your favorite talk show well maybe homemade delicious food cold beer or a drink of your choosing in a comfortable atmosphere well, look no further than the Boulevard Tap House for the world-famous fish and chips, seafood, all-around delicious menu with pizza, all kinds of food, wings, steak bites, anything you can imagine. We want to watch the big game or catch some live jazz if you pick the right night. Open seven days a week. Go to BoulevardTapHouse.com right now. I like to go to their Terwilliger Curve location. That's the... Uh, the uh, home location for their not only their fish and chips and they knew that they always used to give me uh um caesar caesar chicken salad and wine um they kind of made jokes and made fun of me that my favorite food there now might just be the brand new mark heaven that's a margarita pizza named after me (laughs) don't know if they do it because i'm italian or what but i had it and it is delicious and uh dare i say nutritious anyway friends Go on in, have a great time. When you're there, you truly are family. No cap. Enjoy the Boulevard Tap House today. 
the dental was mental. Um, <laughs> it's been one week since you look at me now. It's been way hot here in the Pacific Northwest. It's, I'm sure it's been all over global warming, but crazy wild hot, you know, hottest temperatures in history. And so, of course, today, rainy like crazy in Puddle City, Portland, Oregon, out of nowhere, um, when seemingly it seemed like it was never going to rain again. Um, when you start seeing Halloween decorations in stores, which are great and always welcome. <laughs> I love that season. But when it's like over 100, and you're like, like Halloween decorations, like, what's going on? You know? um, so rainy as heck was 10 minutes late to the dentist, and they tell me they got to reschedule it. Come on, you know? I've waited. I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> not saying tardiness is ever like, yeah, tardiness. Who gives a fuck, you know? No, 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 no. Not for a special treatment or anything. You know? But it's a medical thing, you know? It's a medical thing. It's, I mean, within reason. You know Half hour late, okay, get it, there's other appointments. Maybe even before that. But 10 minutes? Traffic, uh, car accident, uh, you know what I mean? And it was traffic, it was rain. Uh, people don't know how to freaking drive on the freeway. Um, people driving slow as heck. I would have drove, say, I know how to drive in the rain, so, uh, not to my own horn, but like, um, but I would have drove kind of normal, safely normal. Maybe I would have drove slower if I didn't have a dental appointment, but it has been forever and it's like, it's been more than a year. Um, had this appointment, you know, dental, getting a dental bovine implant that they sold me on, you know. Oh, George Clooney has it. Well, you know, you're young. You, you shouldn't get like a bridge across two with this thing in the middle. Uh, get a dental bovine implant. It's a real tooth. It grows, you know. To put the, I'm not a dentist, so the metal stud in or whatever it feels like, you know. And then overcompensate you on the other side. And then that cracked that molar, a molar on that side. Getting So getting a double one. So it's expensive as F already. I'm already annoyed that my insurance, my dental insurance covers it, covers the amount, but it doesn't because I maxed out my dental insurance. So then it's like, oh, this bill will be due, but it's an amount that my dental insurance normally would pay for. So they were like, oh, you know, like a month and a half before January. So I was like, oh, maybe I can do that for January. So I said, oh, can we do this after January? I didn't say that was the reason, mind you, but and they're like, yeah, you know, like, cool. So it wasn't a problem. And then for January, they just couldn't, a couple times they couldn't agree with when I wanted it, like Thursday or whatever day of the week it was, the best for me. And then I picked two days of the week, you know, because I have you know, a lot of stuff going on, day gig, and the show, <laughs> and et cetera. Um, other film stuff at the time. But like, um, and like, so the times just weren't jiving for a little bit. And then like one week they didn't ask, like, okay. Then another week, and like, you know, you're not in a hurry to go to the dentist. Who wants to go to the dentist typically, unless they have to, you know. Then I called, they don't answer, like voicemail. And kind of phone tag, but not phone tag, me, one-way phone tag for a while. And then months and months and months go by to the point where I'm like, and I'm used to soft foods and protein shakes and, you know, and then testing, like, oh, I can eat soft uh, tortillas, et cetera, you know. So my, my repertoire of food, the variety, the plethora of foods grows a bit, you know. Um, so you kind of, time goes by. And then it gets to the point where I'm like, well, is this just going to go into collections? And, I, and I'm not going to have the ability to eat with, you know, solid foods, you know, what, what you want and what happens to those, what happens to those, uh, the metal studs and the, all the work, the build-up work for the, uh, the implants ahead of time. <sighs> so, you know, finally get my appointment 
on my way. I'm even wearing a shirt that, you know, I got compliments on these shirts and stuff. And one, one like, oh, wear that pizza shirt again that they told me about. I'm like, yeah, okay. Because I was going like every week for a while. Go in. They tell me, oh, no, sorry. Late, we have to reschedule. I'm thinking like, like, are they joking? It's been more than a year, you know? The the fact that you could just say that, you know? And I'm like, I said like, well, it's, you know, there's this rainstorm. I use an expression like it's rainstorm, right? And, you know, traffic was crazy. And they're like, yeah, we just have to reschedule. I'm thinking like, what the? I've always waited always for the dentist i've never just got there you know always on time before you know typically or within a minute or, you know on time you know it's on, on time to the point they don't say anything slash on time or early you know? um and i've always waited and you're in the waiter you're in the waiting room longer always 100 percent. not not close to no always 100 percent longer than they waited this time if you call it waiting or just noting that i was late whatever you know um, and it was a, what, noon appointment? So it wasn't like, oh, they closed at five. And, oh, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's um, impossible that I was going to go there. And say I got there and they see me at 12.01. I was going to be out of there at 12.10 with two dental surgeries to do, on, you know, or whatever they call me. It's not a surgery. But, you know, them putting a dental implant. I haven't had that done before, but it's a major thing to some extent. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know yet, actually. But, I mean, they don't just click on, do they? And even if they did, they'd be like, oh, test it out. I mean, as easy as it hopefully will be or could be, there's no way I would have been out of there when I would, at the time I walked in there, there's no way I would have been in and out of there. And like, oh, now we're seeing person. I mean, it wasn't like a bunch of people in there either. I don't recall anyone being there because I almost, I was tempted to throw a scene, but I didn't cause a scene, you know? So there wasn't a bunch of people there subconsciously, I would have noticed, you know? So, so I'm, I'm really kind of heated that. And this is a medical thing. I mean, are dentists shysters? Is that what the dental industry is? I'm sorry, but is it? You know, like, they already close at five every day. There's dental emergencies. People need to eat. There's just, there's dental emergencies. But they close at five. They close every freaking little tiny holiday. Is it hot dog day? They're closed. They're closed Memorial Day, Flag Day, Fourth of July. They have three-day weekends, four-day weekends. You know, it's like... Crazy. They're closer. Christmas and Thanksgiving, I get it. Okay, sure. But kind of no, kind of no. I'll, how about I'll allow it, to quote Tony Stark. But it's like, kind of no, it's kind of, you know what I mean? But you are fucked if you have a dental emergency on Christmas and Thanksgiving. If you go into all these sugary candy, candy canes, Almaroca, whatever foods, if you have a dental emergency with all these candies that you're pretty much always eating every year, Christmas cookies, etc. A crispy Christmas candy breaks your tooth. You're fucked. And you're fucked Christmas Day. You're fucked Christmas night. You're fucked the day after Christmas. You might be fucked till after New Year's. You know, in dentist, this is just it's just crazy. So I'm sorry, I'm not I don't want to say F dentist, but Dr. Giggles is a horror movie character for a reason. Anyway. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Kinda heated. <laughs> On the Skin of Our Teeth episode, so you know what? I'm sticking with the title. I'm not going to just change it because, like, half the episode does, like, oh, we're going to have the aftermath of it, and a good, cool, a cool, hopefully, dental story. Oh, it's an empire that works, people. Nope, it's still the Skin of Our Teeth episode. Um, I'll, I'll ask a guest a health question of some kind. <laughs> we'll uh, elucidate and bring this up, let this breathe, <laughs> this topic. Um, wow. So I almost want to say, people, don't be late to the dentist, but I almost want to say, don't let them be, don't let them win this game. Do you? <laughs> I 
maybe call if you're going to be late to, to save your ass, but make them wait, you know. Like, call if you're not going to be late. Call from the parking lot. You're on time. You're four minutes early or whatever. And say, oh, I'm running late. It's going to be late. It might be 10 minutes. It might be seven minutes. You know, however, if you stomach being on your phone, chilling for a bit before you go and quote, late and quote. And if I say, well, I'm going to reschedule. If you're late, then go in. Go in. Don't miss your appointment. But you know what? I say fuck with them. Let's do this. It's a, de- it's a Kev1 dental revenge challenge. Sorry, not sorry. Anyway. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so yeah, not, not yet going to give a bad Yelp review to Bright now, but, uh, cause it'd been great when they give you the service, but this is kind of a huge black eye, huge blunder, a huge slash against them. So hopefully they give me phenomenal service and oh my God, these teeth are like bionic and amazing and, you know, give a great five-star review, you know, but I mean, it's already kind of a, you know, it's already might not be five stars, you know, it's already probably gonna be four stars at, at most if it's the most superior, supreme, amazing, elite service and situation going forward because it's already been like a year, more than a year of like not phone tag. <laughs> not even gonna say for lack of a better term, not phone tag. I was gonna say phone tag. But uh, where are you guys at? You know, you guys don't want 3000 close to $3,000 cash apparently, or, you know, debit card or whatever. But like, you know, from, I mean, maybe from insurance otherwise, but it's like, wow. It's like, huh. Oh yeah, oh, get this. And they, that's right, they close for lunch. And everyone should get lunch. Everyone should get lunch. But you're a medical facility. You should have shifts. You should have, not where you close down at noon or 12, 15 or whatever time it was to go to lunch, all go to lunch and eat with your teeth. <laughs> so fuck you customers. We're like a little Hallmark store. We're, we're the 7-Eleven with one employee overworked who's putting a chain on the door and a little plastic sign that says, be back in 15 Go to the bathroom. What? You're the dentist. You should be like a hospital. It's a big medical. That can that can cause abscess and a whole bunch of medical issues. It should be it should be part of the hospital. It shouldn't be a dentist industry. It should be part of the hospital. It should be a dental section of the hospital. It's crazy. And they clo- they all close. Like there's like at least like 15 workers in there. Well, we all close. all the at noon. No, sorry, no union. Sorry, I'm pro union. But you guys, you guys aren't even union. You're an evil empire need a union for customers, for service, for care. Yeah, get your lunches. Get two-hour lunches. I don't give a fuck, but take them in shifts. Oh, sorry, Lorraine's at lunch for two hours. Okay, well, who's here? Oh, Estelle? Okay, Estelle's doing appointments. Oh, Dr. Dr. Lee is doing dental work. Okay, you're not all at a three-hour lunch? Oh, you know, we all want to see the new Spider-Man movie, so we're taking a four-hour. What? You know, essentially. So enjoy with your teeth. And you're, I don't want to put them down. <laughs> your bad tattoos, you should be working at Spencer's phone sex phone. But um, it's just like, really? With attitude? Oh, oh, and then when I was going, I was polite about it. I was like, oh my God, you know, it's like, this is insane. And I was like, so I send a new appointment for later this month. Um, and as I was going, I was like, okay. And I was like, all right, later guys, uh, stay dry. And then it was obviously, you know, she's like, yeah, you too with that rainstorm. But she said it like, you know, condescending. Like, wow. The reason I was late is because of rain. Ten minutes late. And I'm politely rescheduling after more than a year. Polite, all polite. A billion, kajillion percent. And I say, you know, as I'm, I'm leaving. I don't have to say, I'm, I'm the guy that says, you know, how are you doing? Have a good one to the grocer, you know, if you're getting a cashier, you know, not doing your use scan. Yeah, people don't even do that anymore. People don't even give you a greeting and a goodbye on, on autopilot anymore, you know? So, I mean, on autopilot or just be nice, period. 
Like, I'll stay dry. I mean, I mean I'm adding like a unique signature because it's raining, you know? And then, you too with that rainstorm. It's kind of a little Conan O'Brien twang. But, okay, you know, enjoy getting your laser arm tattoos off. I'm sorry, uh, you know, I didn't get enough tips doing the, you know, the other kind of job. But, like, what the hell? You know what I mean? It's like, F off. Obvious non-doctor, no offense. I don't want to bash the whole dental industry, but kind of, sorry. <laughs> the jig is up. Anyway, please write in with your dental horror stories, and we'll continue it on, but uh, I'll ask my next guest of it after the break. It's with a heavy heart that we report on the passing of Irish singer, songwriter, and activist Sinead O'Connor. Her debut album was The Lion and the Cobra. I, of course, know her from the hit song that most of us should know, Nothing Compares to You. Uh, as a little kid, I remember. And it might have been before my time, or maybe, because uh, it might have been a rerun, or it might have been maybe I saw it live, but I do remember her ripping that picture on a SNL. Oof. Shane O'Connor, but of course, Nothing Compares to You will always be with us forever. Uh, like you still hear that playing in malls and on top 40 hits and everything. Huh. Yeah. I wish I knew a little more about her. I think I know she was a huge activist and everything. And I think her message would have reached more people today uh, with social media and such. Well, my next guest is a huge friend of the show and knows way more about Shane O'Connor than I. She's an editor, indie filmmaker, who's modeled and is a published poet. Who I may have to double check what we can mention on that front due to the ongoing writer's strike. Please welcome, dear friend of the show, the very talented Danielle Champiet. Welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's an honor to be here. <laughs> My pleasure. Danielle, Danielle, Danielle. Talented video editor, we of course know that. You have a, a great, um, uh, I want to say it's called The Unfortunate Ones, but the homeless community in development. Yeah, that is the, one of the pieces that um, it's going to take a, a little bit more uh, on the production side to do it proper, but it's a story worth telling for sure. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's like a whole element to homelessness that is missed, you know, uh, most people want to write them off as drug addicts, or, you know, there's, there's many reasons why people are in those situations, some of it, surprisingly, is just, you know, they, they took that wrong step, um, and one thing led to another, they were waiting for a job they never got, they couldn't pay their rent. Maybe their rent surprisingly went up, like it's been doing lately, you know? mm -hmm. um, which puts a lot of people in a very strange position. And, you know, next thing you know, it's their only option is the streets or their car for living. There's a lot of people that have been in those kind of strapped financial situations. And that's what my movie would draw on was the other side of the coin. There's, there's also, um, I saw... I want to say it was like Dateline um, or 2020, somebody like that, did uh, um, a piece on it a while back about the number of college students that are homeless. Wow. Because it's very much a choice between tuition and residence. 
and they really want that degree because they know that degree is going to lead to, you know, more open doors, better pay and stuff. And so, but that's the choice that they have to make. And so they live on the streets, they live in the woods, they shower at the, the gyms and the dorms and stuff. They, you know, um, there's even food shelters set up for students because of the financial strapping that goes into trying to get a college education these days. Everything's expensive. Oh, man. Yeah, here in Portland, um, huge, huge drug problem, huge homeless problem. Um, I believe higher than ever before. It's up there. Um, earlier in the show, I had a story about um, drug addict in a grocery store. But um, uh, I know you're from Chicago. Was it a huge problem there as well? Or is a little... Uh... There's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. there, it's just... Um, matter of whether you see it whether you look for it in cities like chicago you are really taught to you want to be aware of your surroundings but you don't look at your surroundings you know which is it seems weird it really does um Hmm. but yeah it's uh, you go through life with these blinders on and stuff because that's survival that's yeah. that's how you survive that whole element is you know, want to be around you don't want to you know be aware of your surroundings you want to be prey but at the same time you know it's like you just pile it right through to you know your finish line and that's how you get through that part of, of the life hmm. um yeah when you so, say when you say blinders what uh, what do you mean by that in that situation just like um like when you're like a the lack traffic of, style a lack of awareness hmm. not, well just not seeing like just yeah. walking right by somebody and you know, being completely oblivious to their existence. Hmm. Um, you just, you couldn't pick them out of a lineup. You, you know, you know the presence of somebody being there. You're that aware of it, but you just, you, you would never look at somebody who's homeless. Um, you also have a lot of people who do, like, it's very common out there, and I've, I've seen this myself, especially in the city, where you stop at a stoplight, and there'll be two people coming up, and they'll, you know, with their buckets in the water, and they'll wash the, the windows in your car, you give them oh. five bucks, they're on to the next car. So there oh. are those type of entrepreneurships, yeah. you know, and, and stuff like that. I, I, around, you know, like I, I live in Vancouver, and I'm seeing a lot more of the street vendors. Um, mm. the, the guy with the, the fruit on the corner, um, there was a, a singer who used to, um, he'd bring out his karaoke machine and too would pick out, he had a spot um, on a couple of popular streets and would just belt out tunes to the public, you know. So it's, <laughs> there's a lot of people trying to, co- you know, compensate um, for the lack of in their situations to, you know, kind of give a better way of life to themselves, um, you know, and uh, back to your, your piece on Shade O'Connor, um, this is very much the type of, of stuff that you would find in her songs. Um, really? You know, yeah. Uh, I did a little bit more homework because I think like a lot of people out there, it's like we know her by the one hit song mm-hmm. that she did. We also know her of the, the tearing of the, of the picture. Mm-hmm. And, but um, yeah, there's so many different layers to her. She had so many other hits. Aside from Nothing Compares to You, that was just the the one very, very popular song. Um, mm. What were some of her other hits? You know, I'm sure I know them without knowing they were her, probably, or some of them I have. Um, Mandika was actually one of her first hits, and that was having to do with um, 
the, the female genital mutilation that is a part um, of practice in some countries. Mm. There was a, a, a movement, a protest that was very much active during that time. I, um, I know that there's been, uh, that's still a battle. It's maybe not made the headlines quite so much, but that is still something that, you know, goes on. I know it's been included in a few hit TV shows just to keep it, you know, that, hey, this is still going on. <laughs> There's mm. still some people that are not okay with this, um, you know, and they should be given a choice whether or not to have their physical yeah. things altered, um, you know, stuff like that. And uh, there's another pro song that she wrote, um, the name escapes me, but it was uh, having to do with the violence of, of the police on uh, African-American men. Um, you know, so her, her songs had, had a lot of purpose to them. Um, you know, and it, a lot of it's them from her own childhood. Uh, she cited both of her parents as being very abusive, although her mom mm. was probably the more damaging of the two of them. Um, and she did spend a larger part of her life with her mom. Um, and um, when she got caught for shoplifting and went into, it would be like a, we would call them juvenile detention centers, but you know, was, that's um, in, in hers, that's where she got, uh, I guess her start with music was one of the volunteers, you know, had given her a guitar and she um, just really, you know, bonded with that. And that's what music was for her with, you know, was, I guess, uh, connecting, like, you know, like all the artists, so a way of, of connecting with those feelings of, of working through them, but also, you know, later in, you know, giving light to situations that need that light, that, that are not given the attention that they should be, you know, like child abuse and um, women's rights and things like that. Like uh, you brought up about the picture, Terry. She was actually mm -hmm. scheduled um, about four years earlier to be on SNL and canceled it because Andrew Dice Clay was going to be on there. Oh, really? And because he was misogynistic in his practices. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you That's know, his jokes were, yeah. were very definitely anti-women. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. She was just like, I, this is not somebody I want to share a stage with. Um, huh. And then, you know, with the, the tearing of the picture, that got people's attention. And it was to call attention to the, the sexual assaults and abuses that were going on, you know, in the Catholic Church. Um, really, that could be expanded to a lot of churches because it's not just their thing. It goes on in many different arenas um, and not even really just churches. There's schools, there's social mm. clubs. There, the Boy you know. Scouts, infamous thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and, you know, people are always surprised. Oh, no, not that person. They're such a pillar of community. But it's like really, you know, that if you have an appetite for, you know, young boys and girls, the Scouts is like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Wow. You know, and that's like yeah. that's where they would gravitate towards. <laughs> yeah, there's some new documentary um, that dropped this week that I haven't checked out about that. I was like, oof. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of her body of work, had to do you know with with trying to call attention 
to these atrocities and say, hey, we as a, as a global community have a duty, have a right to make it better. And she was more interested. I, this is what I love about her. The, the, the whole shaved head thing was, mm-hmm. you know, as a, um, you know, a rebuffing of the um, record community and stuff because they wanted her to be a pop princess. And she's wow. like, I'm not a pop princess. I'm not going to be a pop princess. You know, she was more interested in being a protest singer than she was being famous, you know, and, uh, you know, still very much beloved, still, you know, very popular, um, but she did it very much on her own terms, which mm. was stellar, you know, it's, and, and, and you know, so it's, everything about mm. her was just like, you know, authentic. And must have been really that. hard. Yeah, it must have been really hard back then for that to do that. Just you know, without social media and all that. So it's just like all the voices telling her to, to be more girly and be more. You oh know, heck yeah! You remember anything about Katie the eighties? It was Monroe. all about the hair. Yeah. You know, it was dude, everybody. The guys had great hair. The girls had great. Everybody <laughs> had great hair. And here comes this the singer with no hair. Yeah. <laughs> and a woman on top of it. It was like. Oh my gosh, totally. I mean, I know a lot of us on our bad hair days were, you know, like, I'm going to shave you off. You know, that's it. I'm done with you. Um, she went and did it. But really, you know, back then, yeah, to do that. But it was, it was a statement. It was a statement that you are not, I'm going to be me. You are not going to make me into something that is not me, which is, it takes a lot of fortitude to do that just in any arena, but especially in the public eye. Yeah, you know, because you have so many eyes on you, and everybody has an opinion on who you should be and how you should be, and they're not shy about sharing that. Yeah, probably just the yeah. record companies and her her management is probably yelling at her. Not about yelling, you know, essentially mm-hmm. yelling at her to to look yeah. that way, and with no social media, you know, no access to all the fans that might have supported her. You know, mm-hmm. it's like wow, like ninety nine percent of the voices were probably like, you know, do this lipstick, long hair. Yeah, wow. I mean, you know, and and this, you know, the one thing that people miss about her is that she is very much both sides of the coin, you know, both both points of view, both everything. Like, you know, she does the tearing up of the picture of of the Pope, but I was, you know, I was re-listening to some of her work, and um, you know, she does this wonderful piece that was speaking all about, you know, her her love of her religion and and her god and you know the bible and stuff and it's like so you know these were two separate things one was okay you were you know you're wrecking my house that's that's basically how she was it was a house cleaning thing on her it was like you know you're letting these things happen in a building that i care very much about so it wasn't that she didn't care about you know her faith Mm -hmm. um and, you know, there's there's people like Joe Pesci and Madonna that, you know, and Frank Sinatra that, you know, make negative comments about her doing this and stuff. And, you know, even mocked her on, you know, future appearances mm. for doing that instead of standing beside her. You know, it's like, mm. you know, you are the people that need to be the most awake right now, you mm. know, because it's, you know, you are who she is. You are her target audience. You are who she's talking to. Um, that these things should not be okay. And it wasn't because she didn't love God or she didn't believe in her faith, or I think it was a contrary. I think it was because she felt so deeply about those things, and they, they mattered to her, 
They mattered to her so much that she was not going to let somebody taint them, even with something as simple as looking the other way, hmm. which is what she was acute, was saying he was doing. And that's exactly what he was doing. He was sweeping everything under the rug. And it's like, how are you protecting the little kids? You're not. You're, you're basically covering your own butt, which is, hmm. that's pathetic. You know, um, to, you know, her, her other, you know, other works, there was a, I was listening to a cover that she did of Sacrifice, the Elton John song, mm-hmm. such haunting vocals, mm. very, very much her, very, very Irish, I would have to say, extremely Irish, where you have the, the bitter and the sweet, the, the, the light and the dark, it's, it's all like right there in one embodiment, you know. Um, Sacrifice. So would you say that's one of the essential uh, Sinead O'Connor songs to listen to? Maybe if people aren't. I, I think everybody singing. should listen to that cover. Um, I know her. The last one that she did was the a cover of the um, Skyboat song for Outlander, hmm. which she does bring some haunting vocals to that as well. And you know, I um, I saw the comments on YouTube. Some people always oh, still prefer the original one and stuff. And you know, it's a there's, there's things to take away from both of those, you know, um, but there's like a, you know, the point is, is that she just has like a much wider um, assortment of arts to offer, you know, besides the one Prince song. And, you know, I, I thought that was really cool that, you know, um, that they did that, you know, that she did that song and stuff. And, and, but they had this instance um, I read too, where, you know, she was called out to his house, um, and he was very upset because of, because she swore, you know, she says bad words, she swears. And I'm like, really? You know, the guy who wrote Pussy Control is having a problem with somebody <laughs> using a bad word. It's like, excuse me? If it was, it the, or was it the fact that she was swearing or the fact that it was a woman who was swearing? what what was really you know at the heart of this it's like i don't know but they they had a brawl they had a physical altercation and it was just like wow that really dims my view of him that you know it's like this is you know how you would be and stuff but when he passed you know she actually was speaking up for him and Hmm. pretty much for all artists at that point you know saying that you know, because there's so much of them that's in the public eye and you craft this, this image of yourself. And for all the art that's put out there, there's very much a bunch of it that you just don't want because that's not how you, you know, you want your your craft to be perceived. You know, hmm. you, you built your, your business. And so these things are not indicative of that. They are the path to there, but they're not, you know, that's not stuff you want shared and you know people are just wanting to pull all that stuff out all to make a buck and you know she was I mean it sounds kind of morbid and most people's parents have probably had this conversation with them about oh when I pass this is how I want it to be and stuff and you're just like I don't want to hear it um and I'm Hmm. you know sure that that you know her table conversations were no different but you know she was just like you know before you call 911 call the accountant you know just because she wants to make sure that her family doesn't get ripped off by the record company releasing stuff and not paying them. And, mm-hmm. you know, she wanted very much for everybody to, you know, be taken care of. And, 
you know, it's like my, my heart just goes out to them. Cause I, I mean, I know per, uh, having somebody that's like famous, isn't an easy life. Having somebody that, you know, it was documented that she was bipolar. It's like, that's not an easy thing to live with either, but you know, in family, you're very forgiving. Um, you know, and especially when it's a parent, it's, you really forgive a lot. Um, it's a very, very hard thing to look at your parents in an honest light and say, you know, some of the stuff you did was not okay. Um, that's just not how we're wired. Um, but, yeah, so, to everybody's world, really. And I, I imagine, you know, like, some of the heartbreak came when her son, you know, a year before that had um, passed away. You know, he was only 17, so... I guess there's only, you know, so many hits a heart can take in a lifetime, and, you know. Tragic all around. Yeah. One never knows what a purpose, you know, brings a person to that point or, you know, makes them cross that door, but, you know, it's a loss for everybody that's left on Earth, and so I I have deepest, deepest heartfelt love and condolences go out to their family hmm. because I know to them she was mom she wasn't Sinead O'Connor she wasn't a famous singer she was mom she was grandma she was you know hmm. the, somebody's sister you know hmm. and she got kind of buried after that SNL moment so yeah yeah I, hmm. there was um, on, on, there was a lot of pictures that came out on Twitter short the, like shortly after she had passed and one of them was a very sweet one of her and Chris Christopherson and I think it was like one of her first appearances or something like it was close to that time or right after that time and she was being booed off the stage and you know he stepped up and he just kind of like leaned over and um, told her it's like you know don't let the bastards get you down mm. you know so it's there, there should have been more Chris Christopherson on this planet speaking up for her. Um, mm. I think that that solidarity, you know, would have changed a lot of the wrongs in this world. Mm. You know, the, the strength of Sinead O'Connor and, you know, that, that love and support from Chris Christopherson. It's like that's a power force right there. Thanks for educating us all on that. Wow. And that message straight to heart. Don't let the bastards keep you down. Nope, never. Well, thank you for having me. For sure. And this is also our Skin of Our Teeth episode. Uh, So, Daniel, do you have any, like, death close to death door tales, you hope, or uh, dental horror stories for us at all that you can share, or? I wouldn't really call them horror stories as much as it is just, you know, really, really crappy service. Um, I know what I, 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 I've had extensive dental work done. I had braces when I was little and stuff. So a lot of time around these people. Um, and I know when I had to have, um, my wisdom teeth taken out because I didn't know I was getting more and they were messing up the work I had done. So I was going to get them taken out and it was very hard for me to find a dental clinic that did not want to give me general anesthetic. Like, I don't know when that became the practice, but pretty much everybody was like, oh, no, we're going to put you completely under. And it's like, I'm definitely allergic. 
Yeah, I've never been under fifty yet. Knock on wood. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, we we were finally able to find one that only said, "Okay, we'll 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 eliminate that one, but we'll still give you these other like five sedatives and stuff." I'm like, "Okay, at least I'll be conscious, <laughs> mm. and I won't be dead. Um, it'll be nice." But yeah, when I um, another in another life, um, I had a job where I would set up rides for people to go to doctor and dental appointments, and I started noticing um, this uh, trend that was starting to where it was like for the simplest procedures, like say a filling, which was pretty much you know I mean I've had a fair share of fillings as a kid. That was like a one and done. You go in, you get the exam, they see the hole, they fill it, you're out the door, all in the same visit. Mm. You know. There's, you see you next year. That was it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, now, okay, you have a filling, so we're going to have another appointment to examine, you know, like the cavity again. And then the third, the next visit, which would be your third one in the series, to actually fill it. And then one more after that to make sure that, you know, everything is still fine and the filling is still there. Like four visits for one filling. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It should be and at the I, very you know, least, at the very most, I mean, two tops, maybe for the final checkup to see how it went a week later, maybe, or however long it takes to heal, or maybe. Wow, it should, or maybe just one. But it was crazy. just, yeah, cra- it was just crazy. Four separate four visits. And for like, one, or, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, and it's all for bigger payouts from the insurance companies. Um, I. The last time I went to the dentist, I had to make an appointment to get, it was my last wisdom tooth. I wanted, you know, have it taken out. It had it gotten a cavity, and I was just like, okay, well, I was planning to have it removed anyways. Now's a good reason. So I told him, I go, I want it extracted. That was the purpose of my appointment. Yeah. You know, very specific, clear in my words. So I get there. They take the, you know, the x-ray. Oh, we can fill it for you. I'm like, no, I don't want it filled. I said I want it extracted. It's pushing on the other teeth. And, you know, I just, I want it out. That was why I made the appointment. And then they try to make another appointment for me. And it's like, I've already had to take off work. Oh, my, yeah, I no, can't exactly. afford to do because I don't get paid to go to the dentist. <laughs> you know? I didn't get to use PTO for that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that is a loss of income for me to come and see you. You know, for for this reason, and I have a bunch of work piling up because I'm not there to do it on top of it. So, you know, there's multiple reasons why this needs to be done in one visit, Diabolical. you know. And yeah. so they they were not happy about that, but then they're like, well, you're going to have to wait a couple hours. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm here, you're here. Yeah. Give me a magazine. Yeah, the size of People magazine, Entertainment Weekly, whatever, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, I did. I waited a couple of hours, and they finally came around, and you know, it's like um, just put in some shots of Novocaine and pulled it out, and I was on my merry way. You know, mm. <laughs> no backward glance, none of that. Just see ya. You know, wow. <laughs> but it was yeah, it was just it was just crazy. It's like you know, you don't you. It's like you don't even think about that. That people have to take off work to come and see you. They don't get paid for that time. The work doesn't get done in their absence. You know, it's it's like you're not you're you're thinking more about your payouts than you are the person at the end of the visit, hmm. which should be what you're thinking about. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> like oh man, you know, yeah. Steve Martin totally had them nailed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're the dentist, yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> it was like classic. 
Oh my gosh, yeah. I think some people took that piece of heart. <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, when did it all start? Like, I feel like the dental industry should be part of, like, the medical industry. It should be, like, at the hospital. It should be, you know. It's wild. Well, you know, that's that's another one. It's, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the medical industry, you're talking more like fast food service, you know. It's like 15 seconds out, you know, like yeah. a whole ride. <laughs> Diagnose you, I've seen you, you know. It's like, okay, here you go, here's your bills, bye-bye. You know, now it's like more e-visits and virtual ones than actual, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the pharmaceutical one, they've been notorious for a very long time for, you know, arbitrarily raising prices just to get bigger payouts from the insurance companies, mm -hmm. you know, which leave a lot of people without those, you know, looking for equivalent medications or no medications because they can't be covered for it anymore. Hmm. You know, yeah. <laughs> I heard I heard from call people uh, just well, yeah, literally just a couple, but uh, just won't say it a bunch, but uh, you know, who knows how many actually do it. But stories were like they they caught their doctor when they had like a you know question, you know, that's one of the situations where it was something kind of rare, a skin thing or whatever, you know, and like the doctor's literally kind of hiding it on the other side of the desk, but looking up Google on their phone to talk about what. The diagnostic, you know, the diagnosis, like, what the heck? Like, I got to look that up. It's just crazy. You kind of forget I that. Haven't, uh... I haven't had that bad of an experience, but, oh, my God, I'd be horrified. Yeah. I mean, I've had a doctor say to me, this is a practicing profession. And I mean, I'm you thinking, know doctors are human, but it's like, geez, you know. <laughs> At some point, shouldn't there be, you know, more no you know, knowledge and skill and less practice involved in this? Yeah. <laughs> But, mm. yeah, no, I, um, I, I, I always think back to Patch Adams at these times and, you know, it's like, I, I don't know if you ever saw the Robin Williams. I know, I know, yeah, it's such a real, where, real guy. Where, yeah. yeah, where he's talking about the, the faults of the insurance company and how it is derailing patient care, how it leaves a lot of people mm. out in the cold and led for him, which... You know, it's it's still a, um, a very much alive and well practiced, thankfully, of you know a new kind of patient care that doesn't involve insurance companies. Um, oh. Yeah, so I, I'm very much a, a fan of that. But he was spot on about that. That you know the the very institution that was sold to us is you know supposed to be helping and giving more access to stuff is really now in the way. Hmm. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. Huh. Well, taking enough of your time, Danielle. Thanks, friend of the show. You're we won't, welcome. We, we won't let the bastards keep us down. And uh, wishing you great health. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I exercise, drink water, and take lots of vitamins. <laughs> mm -hmm. Vitamins are very important. Any other projects in the uh, near future we should know about, or are they somewhat put on pause uh, I, with the strike and everything? Uh, there's some on pause because of the strike. Uh, there's a lot of ins and outs to the union, and it's not just you know something that applies to union artists, but anybody that would aspire to be involved in the union um, at some point in their careers. Yeah. That yeah, it's it and. Just from a human being standpoint, like, you know, I'm an indie artist. I like being independent. I, I'm mm -hmm. not anti-union at all. Yeah. Um, 
but I would still be supporting this this whole strike because I mm-hmm. really think that you know the artists need have always gotten the short end of the stick, and they should be getting a better part of the stick, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> considering their work contributes to people being billionaires. Mm-hmm. You know that they you know should be and people just assume stuff. They assume because a few people make you know a decent chunk of change that everybody does. No, everybody doesn't, you know, especially when you come to the writers, um, you know, it's like, uh, you really have to work a good deal to be fairly compensated. Yeah. Um, I was shocked to hear that, um, Aaron Paul said he hasn't made a dime off streaming on breaking bad. That's just crazy to me. That's like essentially with that streaming <laughs> platform, it's like, you know, should be residuals all the yeah. time. Or should, it's like syndication 24-7. It's just crazy. There should be some sort of... I mean, obviously, there's a counter for the internal ratings, so it's just insane that they're not compensated yeah. even shittily. But it happens. It happens a lot, and I don't know, you know, what we're... Like, for Breaking Bad, I know, um, like, it was on TV and stuff, and then streaming started to be pushed more to the forefront. For, so I don't know exactly the, the timeline of the crossover on that, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of like these newer venues for viewing and, and everything, they pop up. Um, the, the higher ups capitalize on all that stuff. And it's like, oh, we didn't put that in your contract. So nobody's going to make us pay you and we're not going to. Um, mm. Those are things that could be renegotiated down the road, hopefully, you know, but that depends on what kind of leverage you have at that point that point in time i mean it's already on streaming so mm-hmm. you'd really have to argue that in court and spend money and hopefully you win mm-hmm. if not you've just blown a lot of money yeah. um you know it could really go either way on that so yeah and these strikes are vital for a lot of reasons and ais i mean you can have an ai write your term paper you could have it write a script it's you know, wild needs to, needs to yeah yeah i know it's, and it's like the, the artist's soul is on those pages. When you see a story, you when you when you read a book, when you see a movie, you know somebody wrote that. Somebody's heart and soul went into that project. They researched the stuff. They you know they formed those characters and gave them life. You know and and everything. And it's it's very much a labor of love. And you know just to say that. <laughs> you know, hey, Google can replace you. It's like, no, you can't replace that. That mm-hmm. that heart and soul cannot be duplicated by an AI. Um, I mean, there's, and, yeah, it's like, I don't know yeah. where we're headed with that, because there's even, like, you, you're on, I don't know if I was on TikTok or Insta Reels or what, and there's, there's a guy, or me, multiples, that does this thing, that some guy did that Ashley look at me dance, but he had the, um, some filter on or AI, some sort of system, <laughs> Uh, whatever it'd be called, with a Leonardo DiCaprio face, and you could you would swear it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Like if he came forward, oh it's me, you'd be like, what's oh, him? I mean, you could like literally frame someone for murder, you know, easily, you know. Where yeah, pretty it's much just crazy. Yeah. We'd swear yeah. this is someone else. And, and, and you know, especially as any kind of an artist, it's like you know, it's like your name. That's that's your yeah. brand. That's who you are. And that's in society, you know, that that old adage that you know, it's like um, you your name has meaning, you know, good and bad and stuff that, um, you know, that's, that's very much true now, even as, you know, Joe Smith, you know, who works at Burger King or something, that's his name. That is 
him, and nobody has a right to take that away from him for any reason at all. He cannot be duplicated by an AI, nor should he ever be. Yeah, I mean, speaking, I'm trying to think um, of how they would do. I'm off the top of my head, I was almost seeing I could see something where they have like a you know an automaton, like a robot in its place, copying like oh Joe Smith or whoever he works really fast and good. Let's let's digitize him, put the little you know, the ping pong balls on him, and get his motions down. Oh, and a robot can move this fast and those exact motions, and you know, boom, he's doing that job, you know, and mm-hmm. just kind of like they want to do. Uh, they want to scan the extras and use the extras over and over for just a, you know minimum wage yeah, pay for that, one day. That's, that's- that's like the start of somebody's career, and you're already acing them out of it. You're taking their image on a career that they're trying to grow. That's their starting point, and now you're making it their finishing point because you're going to go and use that and not pay them for it, and you're, like, essentially saying you're not needed anymore, you know? So it's like yeah. over and done before it ever started, and that's a really, really crappy thing to do on any level to somebody, you know? So, yeah, I mean, this this protest has a lot of points to it. It is more than just a simple contract negotiation. It, this has, <laughs> I, I don't want to say it's a fight for humanity, but it really is starting to shape up that way when you look at all of, of these different texts. Like, you, you, even something, I saw a contract about Zoom going around hmm. where in the fine okay. print, Zoom was saying that, it has the right to use okay. the images like people have a Zoom meeting. They can use your image any way they want to. Anyway. Like they own the rights to it and stuff. It's huh. like, okay, that's not in the big bold print. That's in the little teeny weeny print on yeah. the back of the box. You huh. know? <laughs> so it's wow. a little missed by, uh, I'm sure, a lot of people. And it's like, okay, that's a really terrible thing to do. You know, you wow. should be, if you're going to use somebody's image, they should, you yeah. should have their permission, first of all. And they should be compensated for it. I mean, I'm currently not using Zoom. I have two cameras on me right now while I'm videotaping this. So, uh, but, but I mean, wow, I'm not using Zoom. That's scary. That's the devil I can we see. Know. Yeah, no, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so much in that the, the the print and stuff, and it's like, yeah, we are supposed to be reading that, but there's they vary so much. Oh, in there. They terms and conditions so and all that. You mean, or yeah, you know, it's, yeah. it's so convoluted that it's so small. They mm-hmm. do that on purpose so people don't. Hmm. They just assume that you're not going to do something so crappy. Hmm. <laughs> but clearly, um, yeah. What a dark note. <laughs> we we were going to end yeah. on "Don't let the bastards get you down," and now it's well, the no, machines are taking over. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is coming to that. Don't let those bastards get you oh, down. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is. Well, it's all a Listen to listen to <laughs> listen to Daniel Champagne, everybody. Listen to James Cameron. He was he told us in Terminator, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, thanks so much. Oh, can we plug that? Um, you had a double entendre, a writing site. I want to say I saw right before. You know? Yeah, I do. Um, my it's my website, and you can find that at www.a-muse9.com. Okay, sweet. I will check that out. Yeah, there a it's got there? all of my different writing stuff on there and pre, uh, all of it pre, pre, pre strike. So, you know, that stuff is, is there, you know, purchasable mm-hmm. and readable and stuff. But, hopefully all our creations um, will be like, you know, viewed and shared, but not copied by the machines and replicated. So I urge everyone to go to that <laughs> site and never stop creating. 
Yeah. Never, stay, never stop staying positive. Mantra of the show. And thanks again, Danielle, super friend of the show. And I urge everyone to see that site and to never stop creating. Thanks a lot, Danielle. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That was Danielle Champiet, poet, artist extraordinaire. I wish I could have uh, delved a little more deeper. She was so wise, right? Um, she'll be back for sure. She's a friend of the show and a friend of mine. I met her on... Uh, I met her in aisle 12 at a grocery store. I always remember that was a running joke we have to this day. Um, but yeah, she has a lot of projects going on. Again, kind of what she said to piggyback on that. I don't know. I got to look into how much I can mention. One, one's like an, an erotic, um, not basic instinct desk, but like a kind of an erotic thriller. That was like really exciting. Um, and the, the homeless themed one, um, unfortunate ones. I want to say it was called. And some other ones. I knew that one was independent for sure. I double checked that right before in a hurry to get to this. Not to be late, like, like going to the dentist. But, um, so I, I knew I, I knew I could mention that and talk a bit. But I didn't want to talk too much about that and get her in trouble. Because um, when we talked, we talked a lot about the, the strike and stuff. So, and just respecting it, you know, even with, with, with independent projects and stuff. So, but yeah. Well, I hope you all got something great out of that. And again, literally never stop creating, never stop staying positive. I know you might miss your dental appointment, maybe your doctor appointment, uh, something dire, maybe a mechanics appointment. Um, you might be just plugging and chugging, chugging, that's you, chugging, 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 um, trying to get your train up that hill. But um, I say don't stop. We all have bad days and you know, you're all, you're your own main character, right? But like... I know you you can all get everyone get on the narcissistic side where it feels like you're so busy. I know I am I'm very much busy for sure, I know. But I know we can all feel so busy and you all can feel any of us can feel like you're the most busy. Um you know, it often feels like and it's often true that man, it's like man, I I you know, I just got off work and they're working 9 hours and I got to drop this off before I go here and then get this and hopefully they have this that I want to buy. And I got a meal prep, and then I got to go to the gym because I missed the last few days, and I'm so tired, you know, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and personal stuff, and relationships, and just constant stuff, you know. Um, but um, don't let it get you down and never stop moving forward. The shark that swim, the shark that doesn't swim drowns. Never forget that. Love that mantra. Um, so I keep moving forward every day. If you got to take a rest day, Take that rest day as a move forward, you know. Oh, you're rested. You're more powerful. You've grown. You're more youthful. You're and move forward. Two more steps instead of one the next day, if you can. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for enjoying, and thanks for infusing me with uh, love and hope, guys. I appreciate it. Um, you guys have been doing great with me on Patreon backslash that Kev One Show. You know, of course, K E V the number one in show. That's why I call it that Kev One Show, because one and the letter N still sounds like one, one. <laughs> I want it to stand out. I mean, that sounds crazy. That's the secret origin, maybe not so secret origin, of that Kev One Show. If you're looking at it kind of weird, is that one Kev Show? You know? But, uh, yeah. Patreon backslash that Kev One Show to support and get everyday content, premium content. Um, often, often the next week's show a week early, or the often it's the interview. 
that I do ahead of time because I, I do the interviews and it gets up a week later. And then often, you know, the video portion that you see on the, the YouTube uh, episodes of That Kev One Show, just search for it on YouTube, That Kev One Show. Um, we every, All these interviews you hear will be, all the video that I'm shooting right now, for example, for this one will be in this special episode with bonus material and stuff that, you know, goes with it. Um, yeah. Plus, much more. Pictures and picture diaries. Uh, you never know. Maybe a reaction video or two or more. Much more, much more stuff coming all the time that comes to me and is in that Kev One Show universe. So, Patreon backslash that Kev One Show today. Hey now, welcome back to that Kev One Show. And now let's see, looking at our Patreons, I promised uh, previously that I would mention questions from the top one. And the top, tippy top patron of uh, the question, uh, interesting question, is Philippe. Um, with missed you in, well, it's kind of a question. Missed you in LA, never been to Portland besides one time and never going back again because I was supposed to be, it was supposed to be so cool. Sorry, I'm returning my own handwriting from this voicemail earlier. Um, it was supposed to be so cool, but there were drug addicts and homeless everywhere. Do you have any stories about dealing with addicts? Hmm. Um, let's see. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've lived in LA. I've lived in Portland. Um, Portland, Oregon, born and raised. Um, and I do recall when, it, when um, ironically, when going to and from, when I went to, when I was living in LA and everyone was like, Oh, you know, where are you from? And I'm like, Oh, Portland, Oregon, the best city on earth. And everyone was there was at the time was like, Portland, Maine, where Portland, huh? you know, and I'm like, uh, no, Portland, Oregon. In fact, like no offense, Portland, Maine, no offense. And feel free to send positive, hopefully letters. <laughs> um, I don't know what Portland Maine's famous for. It's not, I'm sorry, no offense, Portland, Maine, but it's not infamous worldwide. Like Wisconsin is cheese and New York's big apple, you know, I mean, uh, Portland rain hipsters and creativity and, you know, a lot of stuff, stereotypes here and there. Uh, hopefully Portland has the real stereotype for being real. Cause, um, I can tell you that, you know, there's real cool people, real creativity. It's a very real place. There could be real shitty people. There could be real horrible, you know, but, um, it's always very real. I could say that. Uh, it's one thing I missed about when I was in LA, you're watching stuff and you're like, man, you're watching all these, when you're watching TV shows there in LA, you're like, man, it just makes you think about home. Cause like, there's this set wherever it was filmed with fake rain if it's in LA or maybe they film in Vancouver, you know, Canada for, you know, a rainy Washington setting or you know, Portland because they rarely film in Portland. Um, in the grand scheme of all the, you know, it's like a drop in the bucket for how much they film in Portland, um, the major productions. So you'd be like, man, Portland is where real stuff happens, like real life, you know. You know, and it seems like, you know, there's real seasons. You know, every time I came back to Portland for Christmas, for the snow, it's like I couldn't wait to get here. I'd, I'd be turning off the air conditioning in 90-degree L.A. before heading back to Portland, you know? So it's like, you know, anyway, but... And then when I say back to Portland, that's the part of the story, sorry, I do ramble. Um, people would be like, you know, oh, oh you're heading back home. Well, we're, you know, you're moving back? Where are you from? I'm like, Portland, Oregon. And like, everyone, even some of the people said they didn't know about it previously, but the same cadence, the same people, the same level, the same vibe, in the same key, everyone was like, 
Portland, Oregon. I always wanted to go there. Voodoo Donut, Portlandia. So like somewhere in that five-year time span where I was living full-time in L.A., uh, people had no idea what Portland, Oregon was, to going to, I always wanted to move there and live there. If I was going to move one other place, it was going to be Portland, Oregon. I always wanted to move to Portland, Oregon. It's just like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, yeah, Portland has become Gotham City in recent years, so to speak. Um, I remember hearing from uh, some old-timey guy at, like, a diner, it might have been our circle restaurant actually saying like, yeah, Portland is, is the meth or heroin capital of the world. I'm thinking like, what are you talking about? You know, Portland, Oregon. But I do see that a lot of drugs are prevalent here. Um, big drug problem. Um, but the most animated druggy story around me, I have on top of my head at the very least, the most, most recent is I was at the grocery store and I went to go to the bathroom and went to get the pisser, and someone was at the, the urinals, at the urinal that was taken, and so I went to one of the stalls, and there was one stall, it's important to the story, <laughs> one stall, and there was another stall, there was a handicapped stall that was out of order. Of course, I would use the regular stall anyway, but I mean, uh, I was in the regular stall, the only stall, you know, and then for a while, hit the pisser, you know, shake, shake, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I hear someone enter the room, very loudly go, I need that shit. Or I should say, uh, this is an adult story, not for kids, and not a not a fun, sexy adult story either. I <laughs> um, person, I hear someone bust in the door. Well, it's not locked at the time or anything. The, the door to the bathroom. You know, I need that shit. You know, and I was like, okay, I'm staying in this stall for a minute. You know, <laughs> and um, before, before the next thing he said, maybe I would have stepped out just to get the fuck out of there. You know. But before I, you know, uh, before I could leave the stall, he was saying other stuff that was kind of violinish and stuff. But it was like, definitely entered the, entered the scene, so to speak, with, I need that shit, you know. And and then um, he cuts you really quickly. I'm, I'm trying to remember the lines that I remember for sure, Saul, because there was definitely word-for-word word remembered lines and then, like, implied threats of violence. <laughs> but, um... I apologize for people watching this on video. I make sure it's more on button than usual. I know I show skin plenty in life, but uh, it's really hot here in Portland right now. But um, so in the stall, after I need that shit, he yells. Um, he says quickly, "You two better be fucking in there." And it's like, and it's like there's only me in there. You know, have I have I had sex in a store? But maybe even a Fred Meyer bathroom where I was. But <laughs> maybe, <laughs> like a lady friend. Um, but. Not, not right then. I was <laughs> in the stall alone. <laughs> you two better be fucking in there! Okay, so I'm just keeping quiet. Maybe like, okay, it's got us fucking leave. You know, I'll get, then I'll get the fuck out of here. And he's just saying stuff like that, if not that, that, and stuff like that. And I just get like, oh my god, is this guy gonna leave? What's gonna happen? And then he says something like, um, I know what you're doing in there, shooting up. Or he says something like that. He says, I know what you're doing in there, for sure. And he says, like, I can see you shooting up! Something like that, you know, and it's like, dude, I've never done drugs. And it's this, I never did that drug, and I've I've smoked some pot in my day, but uh, you know, I, I wasn't even a big drinker or smoker, and I didn't really smoke a lot of pot my whole life. I mean, like, look, I'm wearing a lot of skin. <laughs> There's not even a place to hide track marks, let alone no track marks to hide. But um, what the, you know, what I mean, like, it was very offensive, and it's like, you know, it's like I don't really smoke or drink really, by and large, just in the way that um, side note. Not that I was straight edge officially, but I guess technically. Because, uh, I don't know, I just never wanted to smoke. 
it's like something that makes you cough and it's horrible. And then we do it enough just for pure pressure. So you're addicted. Same thing with coffee in my mind back in the day, like it's like ashtray water and alcohol. You know, there's always, people always have that story where they're with their dad camping or something. It's like, what beer tastes like that? Have some. And you're like, Ugh, it's disgusting. So why would you do these things that taste horrible at first to the point that you get addicted? You know, eh. I mean, I understand diabetes with, you know, sugar and stuff like ooh, you know, sugary cereal and stuff. I can dig that. Don't have diabetes, mind you, but anyway, so anyway, point is not doing drugs in a stall, <laughs> but uh, so say what you will about the banes and the horrors of AI, potentially, um, but you can, you can call and voice call at places, and so I called the store via voice silent texting, the voice text, and uh, someone picked up pharmacy or pickup or someone, and they said they were notifying LP, loss prevention, that they're on their way, and in hindsight, I, you know, because I was all of a sudden, started talking back to this guy because I was already fed up and over it. But I didn't, I wasn't trying to fight a method almost person. Or, you know, I'm not going to be violent anyway. But um, but yeah, shortly thereafter, before LP showed up, I was like, he said something. He was saying stuff like that. Ah, get out of here! I that shit. And he was, and he, and he yelled like, I'm gonna shit on the floor. You know, but um, he was yelling. He yelled something else offensive about you should be fucking or you're doing drugs in there or something. It's like this motherfucker obviously wants to do drugs in there. What the fuck, you know? But uh, or likely, you know. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, I'll say allegedly. But, but he said something offensive, and so I finally went. LP's allegedly allegedly on the way. In hindsight, you know who knows? Because nowadays and maybe forever, you know they say you can't find good help. Like who knows? They're gonna be on their way, really. But um, he said something offensive, and I just said, "Shut the fuck up!" You know, I said it with the bass and everything. You know, shut the fuck up, like I was ready. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden I hear um, that walkie sound. You know what a walkie-talkie? It's like a it's like a little like a beep or a, you know like a whisk like a like a chirp. You know whatever that means on walkies. You know it means when they turn on their walkies or something. But um, when I use a walkie, I feel like this around the but anyway, you know they'll beep. You know you hear it on a walkie. Maybe it's certain security walkies or you know the ones that they have stuff for the shoulders or something. But um, so I knew security guard was there then. And then I just hear the first thing he says is, what are you doing, man, to the guy. And so then I go, and then I get out there shortly. I can't remember what they said. But I saw the guy, and the guy had, like, a shaved head, and he had, like, a green, raggedy, kind of mossy sweater. But unbeknownst to me, the guy shot on the floor. That's what the guy was saying. What are you doing? The, the guy, you know, he said, I'm going to shit on the floor. He shot on the floor. To his credit, obviously to his credit, but he didn't make any grunting noises or any dramatic noises when he was shitting on the floor. He silently shot on the floor when he was doing that. Unless he was shitting while he was yelling different stuff. But, um, so yeah, LP saw me later in the store. And, uh, he said that he told the guy this, the, uh, uh, you know, the rapscallion vagabond, uh, bathroom terrorist. <laughs> what do we call him? I don't know. Um, he said he said to the guy like, because the guy was starting to pick up this shit and to throw it in the. He said he was he said he was apologetic and that he was gonna throw it in the trash. He's gonna somehow pick up the. I'm imagining him picking up a newspaper, but he, I don't think he had newspapers. That's what's weird. Yeah, but maybe it's the paper towels. I don't know. I didn't really yeah study the shit on the floor. But um, that's my envision though for some reason. But um, he said that the guy was gonna pick up or starting to pick up the shit, clean up the just throw it away, and that he said to the homeless guy, I'm saying whatever he was, said to the guy. Man, please don't throw that on me. He's like, no, no, I want to let you know. Apparently, throwing it, and he got kicked out. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but it, to me, I remember being at the moment like, I was like, why would you even put that as an option? Like, I wouldn't even put that 
put that ID in his head to throw shit on you. I wouldn't put that on the menu, you know? So, yeah, Philippe, that's um, that's the story of that. <laughs> All right, so on a lighter note, guys, um, we'll be right back after this commercial break with a tribute to Arlene Sorkin, the voice and inspiration for Harley Quinn, who died this week, and music history. This portion of that Kev One show is supported by Bohemian Dream Gifts, made with organic and natural oils that nourish and hydrate your skin. Man, I don't know if it's the weather outside or the gym that was killing my skin, because my right elbow on the, uh, it itched like the Dickens, like I was becoming like the lizard from Marvel Comics. Um, I think it's that machine where you put your elbow in and do the lifts, you know, for the bicep. But uh, I was itching my skin like crazy during, uh, well, I won't say who because I don't want them associated with rough skin with one of our guests <laughs> here in the near future here. <laughs> but my left, my right elbow was getting ashy and coming up, getting red and irritated. Anyway, I used some of the promotional cookie dough body oil from Bohemian Dream Gifts that they gave us. And my skin, I'm not kidding, came back. I can vouch for that one. The cookie dough oil baby body oil, the cookie dough body oil brought my skin back to life like an Evanescent song. I'm not kidding. My skin is smooth and happy again. 100%. You can buy cookie dough oil on Etsy at the Bohemian Dream Gifts shop. Check out their other stuff as well, but that's one that I that I swear by now. <laughs> and as soon as my promotional one runs out, I'm going to order some myself. So go to Etsy and visit the Bohemian Dream Gifts shop today. And now, back to the show. It's with a heavy heart that we report on the passing of actress Arlene Sorkin. She was a soap actress on the Days of Our Lives, a screenplay writer, a producer, presenter, and most famously, uh, definitely to me, uh, as the voice and inspiration for the DC Comics character, Harley Quinn. Paul Dini, her friend who created Harley Quinn, based Harley Quinn off Arlene after seeing her in Days of Our Lives in a dream sequence as a jester. Harley Quinn first was the love interest of the Joker, who was taken advantage of by the Joker after uh, being... A psychotherapist at Arkham Asylum um, assigned to him, and she, he broke her mind, turning Dr. Harleen Quinzel into Harley Quinn. Uh, Harley Quinn broke away from Joker and became a feminist icon of sorts as an anti-hero who um, never went back to Joker. And uh, kills on occasion, so she's definitely an anti-hero, but tries to fight on the side of good. Uh, she has her own Max series, voiced by Kelly Cuoco, but Arlene was the OG uh voiced her in Batman the Animated Series, and the character was so popular that it bled into mainstream comics. And Arlene did the voice not only uh, of the original Batman the Animated Series, but Justice League, um, so off, off the top of my head, so might, bear with me, Justice League Unlimited, um, a lot of Batman the Animated Batman uh, original movies. Um, I think one was just named Batman Harley Quinn, the one with the famous Nightwing scene. Um, hmm. Uh, the various video games, including the more uh, hardcore uh, Rocksteady Arkham Arkham Asylum games. She will be missed. She's survived by her husband, Christopher Lloyd, and two children I saw earlier. Um, yeah. It's definitely a dark day, and uh, a dark day for DC fans, soap fans. Rest in peace, Arlene Sorkin. I know, right? Well, it's that time, people. 
playing us to the climax of tonight's show with their hit single, Skull Fire. Please welcome the Jingle Punks. <laughs> 